Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we ask that you would help us to think your way, that we would hate divorce, that we would desire to glorify you in marriage, to make it what you intended. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now, concerning the things about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to touch a woman, but because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife, and let each woman have her own husband. The husband must fulfill his obligation to his wife, and likewise also the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body, but her husband does, and likewise also the husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Do not defraud one another, except perhaps by agreement for a time, in order that you may devote yourselves to prayer. And then you should be together again, lest Satan tempt you because of your lack of self-control. But I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish all people could be like myself, but each one has his own gift from God, one in this way and another in that way. Now I say to the unmarried and to the widows, It is good for them if they remain as I am. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it is better to marry than to burn with sexual desire. To the married I command, not I, but the Lord, a wife must not separate from her husband. But if indeed she does separate, she must remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. Now to the rest I say, not the Lord, if any brother has an unbelieving wife and she consents to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if any wife has an unbelieving husband, and he consents to live with her, she must not divorce her husband. For the unbelieving husband is sanctified by his wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the brother, since otherwise your children are unclean, but now they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. The brother or sister is not bound in such cases, but God has called us in peace." For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? But to each one, as the Lord has apportioned, as God has called each one, thus let him live. And thus I order in all the churches. Was anyone called after being circumcised? He must not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called in uncircumcision? He must not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing but the keeping of the commands of God. Each one, in the calling in which he was called, in this he should remain. Were you called while a slave? Do not let it be a concern to you, but if indeed you are able to become free, rather make use of it. For the one who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed person. Likewise, the one who is called while free is a slave of Christ. You were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Each one in the situation in which he was called brothers, in this he should remain with God. Now, concerning virgins, I do not have a command from the Lord, but I am giving an opinion as one shown mercy by the Lord to be trustworthy. Therefore, I consider this to be good because of the impending distress, that it is good for a man to be thus. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek release. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you marry, you have not sinned, 
and if the virgin marries, she has not sinned. But such people will have affliction in the flesh, and I would spare you. But I say this, brothers, the time is shortened, and from now on even those who have wives should be as if they do not have wives, and those who weep as if they do not weep, and those who rejoice as if they do not rejoice, and those who buy as if they do not possess, and those who make use of the world as if they do not make full use of it. For the present form of this world is passing away. But I want you to be free from care. The unmarried person cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But the one who is married cares for the things of the world, how he may please his wife, and he is divided. And the unmarried woman, or the virgin, cares for the things of the Lord, in order that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But the married woman cares for the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Now I am saying this for your own benefit, not that I may put a restriction on you, but to promote appropriate and devoted service to the Lord without distraction. But if anyone thinks he is behaving dishonorably concerning his virgin, if she is past her prime, and it ought to be thus, let him do what he wishes. He does not sin, let them marry. But he who stands firm in his heart, not having necessity, but has authority concerning his own will, and has decided this in his own heart, to keep his own virgin, he will do well. So then, the one who marries his own virgin does well, and the one who does not marry her will do better. A wife is bound for as long a time as her husband lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry whomever she wishes, only in the Lord. But she is happier if she remains thus, according to my opinion, and I think I have the Spirit of God. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. Paul starts chapter 7 saying, Now concerning the things about which you wrote. So apparently the church in Corinth had sent a letter to Paul with some questions. We don't have that letter, so we just have to guess from Paul's responses what they had asked in the letter. Clearly in this chapter, Paul is answering questions about marriage and sexual relations. At different times in history, people have tended toward different extreme views of marriage. Sometimes it is viewed as essential and that everyone has to be married. At other times, people who are not married are viewed as more holy than people who are married. Paul sets this straight here, saying it is good not to be married, but it is also good to be married, and married Christians should not divorce if it is up to them. He starts out saying it is good for a man not to touch a woman, which may actually be a quote from their letter to Paul, or it may be Paul's initial answer, which he is going to qualify. It is good for a man not to get married, if he can do that and not be tempted into sexual sin. But God has provided the marriage relationship for sexual relations, so it is good for a man to marry a woman and a woman to marry a man. Paul says that married people do not have the right to refuse to have sexual relations with their spouse, only for a short period of time if they both agree to spend some time focused on prayer. Paul was not married. And he says that is a good position to be in. He wishes that everyone could live unmarried, but he recognizes that it would actually lead to temptation for many people to have sex outside marriage, so it is better for them to get married. We should not think that everyone must get married, but we should not elevate being unmarried to some special holy status that everyone should try to attain. Paul says people should not get a divorce, but he says if a woman divorces her husband, she should remain unmarried, or else get back together with her husband. And Paul says a husband must not divorce his wife. 
But then there is a problem for Christians who are married to people who do not believe in Jesus. Paul says if the unbeliever is willing to remain married, then that is good and they should not divorce. But if the unbeliever wants a divorce, Paul says that the believer does not have to hold on to the marriage at all costs. Paul says, The brother or sister is not bound in such cases, but God has called us in peace. Some believe that this means that the brother or sister is free to marry a Christian at that point, while others say that means that they should live unmarried or else be reunited to their former spouse, as Paul had said earlier, to women divorcing their husbands. Paul then goes into a list of relationships that people could be in when they are called, when they first believe in the gospel of Jesus. This is an aside based on talking about believers married to unbelievers. It seems clear that the only way this should happen is if someone is married before they become a Christian. Christians should not marry unbelievers. Paul will specify that for widows in verse 39. A wife is bound for as long a time as her husband lives, but if her husband dies, she is free to marry whomever she wishes, only in the Lord. When he says only in the Lord, he means she may only marry a Christian man. If a widow can only marry a Christian man, how much more should any Christian only marry another Christian? Paul says that because of the impending distress, it would be better to not get married. He says it is not a sin to get married, but if a person can stay unmarried without falling into temptation, then that would be the best course of action at this time. People who are married have to put a lot of their time and effort into each other, and especially in the coming distress, they would be better off if they could just focus on God. Some people have theorized that the coming distress was a famine in Corinth based on some writings we have outside the Bible. It could have been a persecution against Christians. And now for a deeper dive. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage is a tough topic to discuss. Tough, perhaps, because it is hard for us to accept what God is plainly telling us. I think we can all agree that God hates divorce. It would be much better to not get married in the first place than to get a divorce. But what to do about all the messy situations people get themselves into, especially when unbelievers are involved? I think the important thing is to change our thinking to God's thinking. We can far too easily decide what we want to think based on what we want to do, and then go to the Bible for some justification of what we already want to think. As a basis for our thinking, let's remember what Jesus said in Mark 10, verse 9. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. And from this passage, we should realize the good that comes from not being married. I think we would be wise to avoid playing matchmaker. Not only could we be pushing people into getting married, which could lead to sin, we could be telling them that their current situation is not a blessing from God. Then some further things to think about. Is the marriage relationship equal? The Jews would allow a man to divorce his wife, but would not allow a woman to divorce her husband. The Romans would allow a woman to divorce her husband. There is no Bible passage that says that it is okay for a woman to divorce her husband. There is only one exception given in the Bible, for a man to divorce his wife, and that is for sexual immorality. This is hard for us to accept today, but it has always been hard for people to accept, because we have to change our thinking to think God's way. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible, copyright 2012 Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.